0: Featuring the creator and lead host of Clutch Crew Sports, Zach. Unfortunately, uh, Eric is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and uh, he went through a pretty rough postseason watching uh, my Portland Trailblazers pretty well dismantle his team.
1: So, <laughs> dang! Okay, um, <laughs> I, I did, did not realize we were going to go into that. <laughs> sure you didn't lose your train of thought by looking at this picture here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Zach really likes Alex Morgan.
1: Also featuring Eric. I'm a co-host. I specialize in NFL and NBA. If a topic upsets me enough, I'm going to rant about it. So if Cincinnati wants to turn this around, they've got a few pieces that they can start with and then Try to rebuild and get some more draft picks and get some younger talent in there and start it now. Just to face it now that you're going to suck and try to
3: <laughs>
1: try to fix it for the future. For people that want to say Steph is an all-time great or one of the greatest players of, or even maybe the greatest player of all time. How can you really say that though if he would have four championships and not have been the finals MVP in any of them? Also featuring
2: Connor, the number one co-host. And I'm going to lock that.
0: I'm back, baby. I
2: mean, if you're not going to do it, I'll double lock Middleton. Because everything I've read has been that he's the number one priority for the Bucks. Like In their minds, they could forget Brogdon and, and Lopez. They need to get Middleton back.
0: I'm locking this one because I've got all oh, my survival things. Well, okay. Thing. I,
2: I need to write this down on a piece of paper. Yeah, Zach yeah. is locking Denver being Chicago.
0: What's up, everybody? It's Zach here. We've got kind of a throwback type of an episode here. We're going back to the regular topics episode. So, feels like it's been a month since we've done one of these, but these are a lot of fun to do. I remember. In the 50th episode, Nate was like, "This was his highlight moment." Is all these topics episodes? Unfortunately, he's not here, but I do have my two cousins here, Eric and Connor, tonight. How you guys doing?
1: Uh, I've uh, I'm been better, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, I mean, that's all I'll, I'll say. I got <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna
2: get
0: through this. Gonna get through this.
3: <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm quite tired. We're recording this kind of late at night, but I shall push through.
0: Yeah, no, it's... For the fans. Yeah, today's (laughs) been a weird day. I I mean, all of us have have got a little bit of something going on. Like, before we recorded, Eric was telling me the story, uh, what was getting him upset today at work, and then I I didn't tell these guys the story yet. I'll tell them later, but today I dealt with a bike Nazi um what i've been up Was since that?
3: five a.m.
0: <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you guys about that later but yeah i did i did want to i wanted to get your live reactions on the show for that i'll tell you that wow. story after this but uh but yeah so we're all kind of tired because i've been up since five and we're recording it like i think it's past midnight right now so yeah, it's past yeah, midnight
1: is. for you guys but yeah. Like, yeah i'm going i'm gonna six this
2: morning
0: i had a bunch of coffee this morning got some coke um Caffeine to run in. I'm
2: out of caffeine. I was a, <laughs> I was stupid. When I went to the movie theater, I got root beer, which has no caffeine. So. Mm. Like,
1: <laughs> Con, what were you thinking? I don't know,
2: man. I mean, the Coke was right there, but root beer is just too good, uh, man.
1: It's just too it, good.
2: Was it
0: Barks? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the mm. best one.
2: It was vanilla, too. <laughs> vanilla root beer.
0: Oh, that's kind of weird. I don't Ooh. think I've ever had that, but...
2: It doesn't taste that different. It's
0: just like slightly sweeter. Yeah. All right. So, you know, as much as we would love to talk about root beer flavors, uh, (laughs) we do (laughs) want to tell you guys about the New Year's Madden tournament. So we've been talking about this the last couple of episodes, but it's a free to enter tournament. We still got plenty of spots left open and you just get randomly assigned a team. You can, of course, donate to get more chances to get a better team. I, I made an Instagram post about this the other day. Uh, actually, it was today. It feels like it was another day, though. And Jackson was like, I call the Chiefs. And I was like, you know, buddy, you can't or just you call can't any call Chiefs. And then he was like, okay, as long as I don't get the Dolphins or Bengals, I'll be happy. <laughs> so, I mean,
2: I feel like that's a mutual feeling around here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, if we could, I would call the you know, I would call the Ravens if we could, but yeah. like, I mean, as much as I don't like them, Lamar Jackson is like really good in the game. So,
0: well, you know, Connor, if you uh, if you get the Dolphins or Bengals, you can donate. <laughs> <laughs> donate to my own podcast.
3: Yeah, yeah. donate to
0: yourself. <laughs> I mean, I like, can do the same too. I, I, just...
2: I mean, you know, I've got a dollar in my pocket. Can I donate that to myself uh, and then get another spin? Okay.
0: <laughs> I should make this i should make this clear now podcasters do not get this
3: chance to donate
1: <laughs>
3: oh, darn <my>. it <laughs>
0: Dang, Get on the system
1: but, that's okay
2: uh, i'll still yeah. win even if i get the dolphins it's okay i'll make it yeah. work
1: connor's confident that's confident <laughs> um so are you, will it, are you willing to lock that connor No,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that probably will not happen. I mean,
2: considering that I haven't played Eric in a head-to-head one-on-one Madden game in forever. Like,
1: yeah, it's been a bit. It's been yeah.
2: So I'm not sure exactly where our skills stand compared to each other. I mean, I'm one and one against Zach in Madden 20.
1: So we'll see. I'm also I'm also one and one against Zach in Madden 20. says yeah, going to be a good time, guys. going to be it's going
0: to be a close one um but basically you got to have madden 20 on the playstation 4 you got to show proof that you're following us on any any of our websites that go out and you don't got to retweet this because we're talking about it right now but just message me your playstation name and of course the big prize is a playstation gift card for the winner no matter who it is they're gonna get it uh, I guess I'll gift myself one when I win, but <laughs> you, just know I and, you know,
2: go out and you spend fifteen bucks on a PlayStation gift card when you can just spend it
0: on the PlayStation store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta make it symbolic, dude.
1: That way, uh, I feel like confident. <laughs> oh So Zach is also confident. So
0: yeah, I'm, I'm feeling more confident than I did last time. I remember last time I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll win, but you know, now, you know, I, I've seen these. I, I will say I watched Eric play with Jackson and Chris the other night. I was rewatching an old Twitch stream that he had. And after watching that stream, I, I feel pretty confident <laughs> com- compared to going up against those two guys. So, Eric, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was going to say,
1: well, for Zach and Connor, while they are very confident, I was the one that won the Super Bowl our franchise.
2: Yeah, well, you never had to go through me because I right before I got to the playoffs. Cam Newton got injured, so I had to play with a sixty-five overall quarterback in well, the playoffs.
1: The one
0: <laughs> you had the Ravens too. What's gonna happen when you don't have the Ravens? That's what I want to know, Eric.
1: Hey, well, I, I
2: want to know. I want to know what's gonna happen too when he can't like cheat the Bengals
1: out of all their players
2: somehow. Like
1: uh, true. I you did, got, I did you basically can... get aj green and gino Atkins for like a uh, bag of doritos and a draft pick so you know, <laughs> pretty uh i don't even remember i think i traded like a second string tight end to, for gino atkins I was like oh, let me see like how far on the like trade meter this gets and it was like the trade went through i was like oh my gosh you <laughs> <Gino laughs> atkins for nothing like so you know i'm not gonna obviously i was pretty happy about that
3: and then <laughs> you yeah, turned yeah.
1: around and got aj
2: green to go along with you somehow traded for von miller and saquon barkley too
1: <laughs> yep yeah i'm just what can i say i'm just talent, I'm talented. i'm <laughs> telling
2: hey well you know you and i de- you and i destroyed the patriots draft picks and that
1: true <laughs> so yeah if you join the madden tournament man just all three of us are pretty confident right now so you know you better have your a game going if you want to beat us
0: that's for sure man so our three topics today that we're going to talk about eric is going to present his topic first because even though we might you know be joking around right now about madden and everything like that but man eric is hot and so i i felt like this is a perfect opportunity to let him start out these topics but i'm just gonna just gonna overlay the topics for everybody so they know what order they're gonna be in But Eric's going to talk about, of course, the Tom Coughlin firing. not hiring. Geez,
3: they rehired him, Eric.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now he's got even a bigger role than before. But uh, and a full statement. (laughs) Jags, Um, and then I'm going to talk about the college basketball season so far. I'm going to talk about, of course, Weissman's decision that just came today, and. A lot of people have been talking about this. Is this a disappointing year for college basketball with all this stuff going on? I'll look at some weird things we got going on and give you my thoughts on college basketball. And then Connor is going to talk about the NFL Hall of Fame process. Should it be more? Should it be less people admitted to the Hall of Fame and the political biases that go into the voting? So, you know, we truly got stuff from all different – aspects of sports so it should be pretty fun and i'm guessing this first episode is going to be like a classic eric rant but it's also going to be kind of like a happy rant too because he's happy with the end result of this but eric take it away my friend
1: yeah zach kind of just summed it up perfectly there right at the end before he turned it over to me now this would be a full-on hate rant if Tom Coughlin was still employed by the Jaguars, but I was super excited when the news broke yesterday that Tom Coughlin had been fired. There was this report that came out from the NFL Players Association about just all these fines that were being given out to the players and just For these silly rules and most of them were in violation of the agreement between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. And I mean, to me, this is shameful because I I guess I should have seen this coming, but it just it didn't make sense to me, like back when like Alan Robinson walked and then Jalen Ramsey wanted to be traded, and Fournette had his blow-up after the 2018 season where it looked like he might ask to get traded. And I just kind of took it all as, you know, for, like with Allen Robinson, for example, I just kind of took it as, like, oh, he just felt like he could get more money elsewhere, so he left you know, with Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette, the way their actions were going, like, I was like, oh, they're just being, like, cream Madonna's, like, whatever, like, they're being dramatic, so, like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, good riddance, and then Leonard Fournette, like, took more of a leadership, he stepped up and took more of a leadership role, so he's been better this year, so, it's like, okay, he's good, but, like, I should have seen it coming, like, all along that it was Tom Coughlin. I mean, if you look at the stuff that this guy did. Oh, and the other one too is uh, Dante Fowler. He's actually the biggest one in all this, but so this report, basically this report comes out that there had been a grievance filed against the Jacksonville Jaguars because an unnamed player was being, was fined in total for $700,000 for missing rehab at the team facilities during the off season. Now it clearly states in the collective bargaining agreement that during the off season that except for the few like times in the off season where there's like mandatory practices, that everything else is strictly voluntary. So for Coughlin to try to force players to have to rehab at the team facilities during the offseason was completely against the rules of the agreement. And so every time Dante Fowler didn't show it turned out the unnamed player was Dante Fowler, but every time he didn't show up, he was getting fined and it was just piling on and piling on. And by the time it was over, he was fined $700,000 because he wanted to rehab somewhere else. And then also, I mean, there's just so much stuff like from this, like I could go on for a long time here, but Also, uh, Zach, your computer recommends you using an HP. I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that distracted me. but It's okay. So at the end of the 2018 season and the final game of the year at Houston, like total meaningless game, like Leonard Fournette was ruled inactive. And Tom Coughlin, I mean, I, I don't even know if I can say this with a straight face. Tom Coughlin fined Leonard Fournette ninety nine thousand dollars for sitting on the bench during a game while he was inactive like what does that even mean so what was he supposed to stand the whole game or was he not even supposed to be and there he was injured or... too. <laughs> like... yeah it's like <laughs> you're injured but you you're gonna stand up man you no sitting for you like I was like, "Come on!" Man. And so he got his—he got his ninety-nine thousand back for that. Thank goodness. Like Dante Fowler got his seven hundred thousand dollars back, but I just wish I would have seen this coming all along. I mean, if you think about it, while Jalen Ramsey has his, you know, controversial actions and things that annoy you, like he's an all-star talent, and. Tom Coughlin is the reason why he's gone. Like don't, with the defensive line talent that we had, I don't necessarily, I don't think Dante Fowler would have been back. I, there's definitely not a place in the starting lineup for him. So, I, I was, you know, kind of okay when we traded him. But, you know, I've been so back and forth on the Jalen Ramsey thing this year because part some of the times I've been like, man, I'm really glad he's gone, and then other times I've been like, man, I really you know, wish we still had his talent, but knowing that it was Coughlin that ran him out of town, like, I kind of wish we had him back. You know, I I wish we wouldn't have traded him in a way now, but he wasn't going to play for Coughlin, so we basically had no choice, so at least we got the compensation for him, but I don't know. I mean, also, too, like, I'm hoping since Coughlin's fired that maybe that means they'll be able to get Yannick and Coughlin to come back, but... I'm pretty sure the whole reason why Yannick Gakway wasn't signing an extension was also because of Coughlin. I don't know if Coughlin didn't want him, but it's like, how are you going to let this guy walk? Like, it's going to be criminal if they let Yannick Gakway walk. He's been one of our best defensive players we've had, like— in the time that we've had this team, like, since the late 90s, like, basically since the year 2000, like, to now, like, in the last 20 years, he's been one of our best defensive players. Like, oh, we might just let him walk. That's cool. Like, which, if if Coughlin hadn't been fired, is probably for sure what would happen. Now now that Coughlin's gone, maybe he will stay. Who knows? But, you know, Jalen Ramsey, who's, like, an all-pro talent, like, probably the, like, best cornerback we've ever had other than maybe Rasheem Mathis, like, He just goes, you know, like, all these... But then they... Some of these contracts he's responsible for, too, have just been criminal. Like, Nick Foles getting a four-year deal for $88 million. I did not like that deal at the time. We're going to be hurting from that. Extending Blake Bortles for a three-year deal was dumb. I did not like that. Letting Allen Robinson walk was dumb. I did not like that. Like, Coughlin... Has basically destroyed this franchise and it was so bad that in that article that came out for the statement from the NFLPA it literally warned players in the NFL that you may not want to sign with the Jaguars you may want to consider this before you pick which club you go to next I have never heard any statement from the NFLPA ever coming out about a team like that in my entire life. I have never heard them warn against signing with a team because of all the fines and rules they try to break. And another statistic that's pretty damning about the Jaguars with this is that in the last two seasons, basically the majority of the time since Coughlin became the executive vice president or whatever his title was, 25% actually they said over 25% of the grievances that have been filed against the 32 teams over 25% of them alone were against the Jaguars it's like do you realize how embarrassing that is and to put put that in perspective if all 32 teams got the exact same amount of complaints then that would mean roughly about 3% Like, each team got about 3% of the complaints. So to think about the Jaguars getting over eight times that amount and literally out of all 32 teams getting over (laughs) one-fourth of the grievances against just one team, I mean, that's embarrassing. And it's not like it was for – it's not like the players that were complaining about these grievances – like, had no right to complain what they were complaining about. Like, Dante Fowler filing a grievance against them because of not being able to rehab where he wanted to. Like, that's on the Jaguars. You know, Finally, finding Leonard Fournette because he sat on the bench during a game when he was injured and inactive. Like, how stupid is that? Like, you can't do that. Man. Can't sit. Like, I just... <laughs> i can't
2: get over that he's (laughs) just like a crazy on the bench
3: (laughs) yeah
1: i don't understand it dude and then also like i guarantee you partially why Jalen ramsey wanted to get out was zach i don't know if you remember this but he made a statement during the off season where during a press conference where he basically
3: Mm -hmm. whined
1: about Jalen ramsey Mm -hmm. and telvin smith not being at the practices like those were voluntary like you know, yeah, he got in trouble. Should they, be, should they be there for team bonding and all that? Sure, but if they don't want to be there, then they don't have to be there. You, you look like an idiot calling out your players in a public press conference, complaining about them not being there when they don't have to be there. Like, I don't know, man. I, I was excited when Tom Coughlin first came back because, I was like, man, you know, maybe he'll bring that winning attitude. Because I guess like anything was an upgrade over Gus Bradley because he was just so bad. Like, it's hard to be a Jaguars fan, man. I could, like, (laughs) cry standing here talking about this. But now, like, we had that great first year when Coughlin first came back. But now it's like, you said he set the franchise back. We have a lot of terrible contracts on our plate that we can't really get out of right now. So that limits us going forward. You have players on the team that don't want to be here. That hopefully, maybe now that Coughlin is gone, we'll stay. But we've already had a lot of good talent that's left, you know. And Coughlin's responsible for this. And I don't know, man. But just the whole, like, 25% of the grievances being caught against the Jaguars, like, that is just insane to me. All these stupid things he's finding players for are just completely absurd. And... I don't know, man. Like good riddance. Like Zach said, like at least the one thing that's making it a happy topic for me is that at least he is fired and he gone. (laughs) Yeah, like thank God. And suppose I heard this. Like I read this article where like he said that he was already planning to retire at the end of the season anyway. But I don't really believe that. I believe that's just an excuse for, you know, like oh, like well, yeah, we were doing really bad. Like I'm, I was just. I was going reti- to I wasn't, uh, if they hadn't fired me, I was just going to leave anyway. Like, I don't believe that. I don't know, man. It's just a, I got to turn the mic over to Zach here. Let him yeah, sure. give his thoughts on this. Cause I got to <laughs> calm down Eric. Dude. He just, he's just so triggering. And like, we're just, the franchise is set back for God only knows how long. I mean, because of this and, I don't know, man. Like, it, Shad Khan, like, you just, you got a clean house, man. Like, I guess, and Zach, I kind of want to ask you this to, like, extend on the mm-hmm. topic. Like, do you, because something I've seen people say, and, like, you know, obviously, we're not really going to know, like, how true or not true this is, but, like, but, you know, I've seen people say that, like, this isn't a good look for Shad Khan, too, because he either, like, knew that this was going on and was doing nothing about it, or the fact that he, was just ignorant and had no idea. Like, either way, like, it's not a good look. But do you place any responsibility of this on Khan, too? Or would you strictly say it's Coughlin? Like, I don't know, man. What do you, what do you think about this? Um.
0: Yeah, to, to answer your, your question right there, I I don't place any of it in, on Khan because when he hired Tom Coughlin, he made him in charge of everything football-related. So Khan, I think... Did his part like he hired Coughlin to run football operations so and also a so about the fines and everything if he if uh, if Khan knew exactly what was happening with the fines and everything it's coming. this is coming out of Khan's money right there 700k is coming from Khan and the 99k for Fournette that's all coming from him so I don't think there's any way where he would have stood by these fines if he knew about it but at the same time I don't hold him I don't hold him um accountable for that because he put trust in Coughlin like you can't have your owner not trusting your football operations people so as bad as it looks I don't blame Khan. and then also I I think he I, he did fire him at the right time because I think this is going to be firing him like this right now is gonna save the team because now that we've got rid of him it's obviously opened up the chance for these statements to that are going to be less significant without Coughlin there so i i appreciate khan firing him but i don't blame him for for this okay. because it's not yeah, his was, job he runs the business side of things on that yeah no no i don't blame khan but and I, I will say about this the pa statement here the the second to last one where they warned players to think carefully before deciding with the team. Personally, I don't even, I don't think that's going to, even if Coughlin was still on the team, I don't think that's a strong, strong enough argument for the Jaguars specifically because, you know, Florida is one of the few States that does not have income tax. So that's a huge benefit for Florida teams and Texas teams. Several other States have that, but there, there's only a few states that have that, so that's a huge advantage when you bring players in because there's no income tax. Whatever they earn, they earn state income tax anyways. But um, so now it, with Coughlin gone, I think that even minutes that less, but it's still a, it's still a bad look for sure. I mean, the whole 25% thing, it's a, it's a terrible look. I mean, Coughlin is he's a hypocrite i mean when it comes down to it he he's the one who preaches rule following to the 10th degree and he doesn't follow the rules because he only follows the rules he sets um it's his rules and nobody else's so i but i will say this about coughlin looking in the future i think well this fan base has every right to be in uproar about coughlin and Everything Eric said, I feel the same way about. You know, I'm not gonna not gonna disagree with anything Eric said. I completely agree with everything on that. But I will say, in the future, when Coughlin does make it to the Hall of Fame, which I think he will, I think this fan base will have appreciated him more um, because there's going to be time to heal from this. Uh, I think give it time, and as bad as this seems, I think this fan base will you know, will support Coughlin. I mean, it's it's an ugly exit, no doubt about it, but this fan base doesn't have too many, uh, you know, Hall of Fame caliber people in its franchise. So I think when he does go to the Hall of Fame, I think, and that's another topic too. Uh, we'll see if Conor agrees that Coughlin will be in the Hall of Fame, but another <laughs> thing about Coughlin too, I think... As a head coach, I think he's extreme I think he's a really good head coach, but as a general manager slash executive vice president, this, you know, management role, he's never excelled in this management. All the bad contracts and everything, he he's not meant to be that. He's he should have been a head coach. It was a it was a bad hire because they hired him to do something where he's not good at being. But this uh but everything Eric said I agree with. I just wanted to add in some different stuff to what he said. But, yeah, it, it's embarrassing, to say the least. I don't know if, Connor, you want to comment on this or not.
2: Um, I mean, not a whole lot for me to comment on. I mean, I mean it was crazy to me to hear some of the statistics that Eric brought up. I mean, 25% of grievances against one team, I mean, that's just insane, you know. It kind of makes all the... The drama and everything that was happening in Pittsburgh last season looked like, you know, a cakewalk compared to what was going on <laughs> in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, it's possible, you know, that's been having an effect on the franchise, too, because, I mean, you know, if you look at the fact that two years ago they were in the AFC Championship game two years ago, you know, and which, honestly, they should have been in the Super Bowl had some, the refs not, you know, thrown the game away. Miles Jack was not down. <laughs> yeah so but i mean you know and just to see where this team has come like you know it's you it happens but it doesn't happen unless something dramatic happens to where a team goes from being at the on the top of the food chain to all of a sudden next year you just spawn to the bottom but you finish in last place in your division like how does that happen and so it does kind of bring to light some of you know what a fair amount of the reasoning could be behind why the Jaguars all of a sudden just fell off a cliff. So, um, yeah, it's just mind-boggling to think about. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, I do want to, before we move on to the next topic, I just want to get Eric's answer about, so you asked me the question about Khan. Where do you stand on that? Do you agree with me, or you place blame on Shad Khan?
1: I guess it's hard to say, because I just, I don't see how he could have, like, not at least been, so, like, how how did he not know about these players being fined and stuff? Like, I, I don't know. And I would think, like, if I'm an owner and then, like, I find out, like, oh, a player's getting fined for not rehabbing at the facility, I'd be like, well, let's look into this and see, like, if we should actually be doing these fines or not or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just... I feel like it's almost like I don't see how he couldn't have known. And so for me, I have to place a little bit of the blame on Khan. But at the same time, as soon as this all like came into the light, though, he did the right thing and squashed it. Because if he had let this go out even until the end of the season, just even though there's only a couple weeks left, since we're not going to make the playoffs,
3: you know, <laughs> since there's only yeah. a couple
1: weeks left of the season, even, but even if he had let Koffa like finish out the two weeks and then like, let him retire, like he said, he was going to do, like, that wouldn't have been a good look because that would have been like, okay, you're showing that, you know, you've got someone who's clearly violating rules and all this stuff. And you're just letting them do it. Like, you know, at least once everything was like known and the public was made aware he did the right thing and you know within a day like he was gone so i don't know i guess with Khan, though i wish he was a little more hands-on like i'm glad he's not like a jerry jones like who wants to like run everything but like i wish he was involved a little bit more in the day-to-day operations to you know see this stuff and put his foot on i understand like trusting your people that you hire but at the same time you know, like if word came to me that like a player got fined $99,000 for sitting on a bench during a game, you know, I, I might, okay, we need to like, you know, slow your roll here at Coughlin. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. So I'm, I'm not like completely on the other side of the spectrum from Zach, but I'm kind of like a little bit apart. Like, I don't fully agree, but I don't fully disagree, but okay, I'm just glad that all this is over over. hopefully (laughs) whatever date our week 17 final game is hopefully the very next day it's announced that like everybody else is getting fired because it's time to it's time we need to just they need to make this a fresh start get a new gm new coach you know they need pretty much new everything like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm assuming connor's lock of Marone getting fired is going to come true but hopefully uh It's definitely one I'm hoping he gets right. Like,
3: (laughs) so yeah,
1: it's it's time to move on, Jacksonville. Like, I I could rant, I could rant about this for an hour, even though I'd probably be going in circles the whole time. Like, it just I get like that upset about this. Like, but yeah, so that that's I guess that's all I have left to say.
0: Okay, that's fine, man. Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) I'll move on to another. Another topic here, so this is just going to be college basketball, and we, we really haven't talked much about college basketball on this podcast a whole lot. We have the college basketball topic as a preview to the season a little while back, but we haven't really mentioned it too much. It's been all football in the news right now, which is rightfully so, but I want to talk about this college season so far because it's been interesting in a number of ways and i'll start with the news today about uh james weissman uh the whole ordeal and everything and i'll, I'll tell you this is a simplified version i'm i simplified this guys there are a whole more layers to this puzzle that i'm not even going to bring up but i'll just go in the timeline chronological order so you guys are aware of some of the events that led up to this point right now and so it Goes back as far as 2008, believe it or not, which is when Penny Hardaway made a one million dollar donation to the University of Memphis, officially becoming a booster. You know, and then James Weissman joins uh, Penny Hardaway's like Nike Circuit team or something like that. Uh, not too sure what that's all about, but it, he was in like middle school or high school at this point, so he's he knows Penny, and then. This is the big one right here because this will correspond to today's timeline stuff. But in August of 2017, Weisman decided to transfer in high school from Nashville, a Nashville high school to a Memphis high school. And the Memphis high school that he went to was coached by Penny Hardaway. And then they the Tennessee High School Athletic Association, state of Tennessee, declared him ineligible. But then it was overturned in a month. So he played, won like a national, not national, he won like a state championship in basketball. Obviously, he's really good. At this point, he's getting offers from a bunch of schools. He's, you know, everybody wants James Weissman. And then also, you got at the same time going on, Tubby Smith's been fired from Memphis. So, and Penny Hardaway is, you know, the exciting hire for Memphis. So they ended up hiring Penny Hardaway. And this, and then Weissman will go into his senior year. He stays at that same high school in Memphis. And it really comes down to between Memphis and Kentucky for getting him to come to their college program. And he goes kind of back and forth, but he stays in Memphis and ultimately chooses to go with Penny and everything. And then the interesting thing is, is that the NCAA clears him the play at the start of the season. He plays, but he's got like an injury going on, so he doesn't play a whole lot because they're not playing meaningful games this early in the season. So he kind of rests, but in the games he does play, he plays pretty well. And then you get this big story coming out on November the 8th that the NCAAs declared him ineligible because Penny sponsored his family's move back in 2017 uh, Penny Hardaway apparently financed the move for the family to move from Nashville to Memphis. and since he's a booster for Memphis since he donated a million dollars, that's you know technically illegal for college, the rule book of college athletics. And he ends up later. It, it, I think it was originally a season long suspension or something, but it gets knocked down to a 12 game suspension. So it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's not ideal, but you know, if you're Memphis, you're thinking, okay, twelve games. We get this guy back, and now just today, in I'm sure it's getting closer. I know USF is, is supposed to be his first game back, but he won't be back for that one. But that's because he's declared for the draft. That was the big news that came out today. So James Weissman for people that don't know, he's projected to be the number one pick in next year's NBA draft. If not the number one pick, a sure in uh, top five pick. I mean, this guy is an athletic freak. He's, he's a big center, but he's athletic. He scores a lot of points. He, he's a, he's like a modern day NBA big, and he's got a lot of people excited for his talent. And, I'm not going to go into the whole ordeal of everything. I just kind of wanted to share the timeline with you guys because it's kind of representing what this NCAA season's been about. It's another example as to why people are calling the season so far a disappointment. And it's been really weird because there's this is like the ultimate season where I think anybody can win. I think any college team that's remotely good is thinking, okay, we got a shot to win. And obviously, crazy stuff happens in March Madness. But uh, I think, especially this year, there's a lot of hope for underdogs. And I've got kind of uh, some stats, too, on what's happened so far. So in seven weeks, this is pretty crazy, but there's been five different number one ranked teams. And... Starting out too was Michigan State, who was ranked number one in the preseason. They've dropped 14 spots since then. So the number, the number one preseason team, has dropped all the way down 14 spots. You get Florida and North Carolina both ranked in the top 10. Now they're unranked, and I know Florida's been unranked for a while now, but North Carolina just now became unranked. I like the Florida one. Kerry <laughs> <laughs> Blackshear is not. Uh, turn them around like we thought that they would but and then you look at some ugly losses so Duke had the Stephen F Austin loss earlier the season Kentucky the loss to Evansville that was really bad the Utah loss was bad too because they were thoroughly outplayed in that game but i mean Utah is better than Evansville or they should be but that's two embarrassing losses <laughs> that's two it was in Las Vegas like it's it's less of a you would think that Kentucky would have a much greater chance to be Evansville at home than on the road at a, in t But still, these are bad losses. And then this next one kind of highlights the parity going on. Is Seton Hall, we were talking about this before, Like they beat number seven, ranked Maryland, who was a top five team for a while this season. They are ranked number seven. But just before that, they lost by 20 to Rutgers. I mean, it's crazy what's happening with these college teams right now. And the next page, I've got some pictures of guys who have been injured. Um, Langford, the guy from Michigan State up there in the top left, he just suffered a season-ending injury. Uh, he's, He's a senior guard for the Spartans. And like I said, Michigan State was projected to be the number one team this year. And he was a big part of their run last season to the Final Four. So his injury is huge for Michigan State. You got Cole Anthony. Up on the top right for North Carolina, I think six four to six weeks I want to say for him.
3: Yeah, that's uh, not good. but
0: yes, <laughs> yeah. So in yeah, so, North Carolina is obviously struggling right now. If you look on ESPN, the top college basketball stories and articles are all about North Carolina right now, and not for a good reason. But he's been injured, and then you've got this guy down here for Seton Hall. I can't remember his name unfortunately, but he got a concussion. He's a star player for them. And Seton Hall has been kind of weird with their up and downs this year, but he's hurt now. So it's been a lot of unfortunate injuries. And then you get James Weissman, who a lot of people are really excited to see play. He's not playing this year. And also Ball, you know, LaMelo Ball. He's not playing, uh, you know, in America and college athletics because, you know, the whole Ball brothers deal and everything like that going on. It's a mess with with the Lavar ball and all that stuff, but they're not on a college team. But these are highly ranked prospects that aren't playing right now, and so a lot of people are crowning this as a disappointing year for college basketball. And while I will say this is not like you know, this is not shaping up to be a super exciting season. It's not going to be. One that the history books will back, will look back on and be like, "Oh, this was this was an incredible season." I don't. I think it's being a little bit overrated as uh, this disappointment thing because, I mean, right now you still got. I mean, conference play for the most part hasn't started. That usually starts January, so you're playing a lot of tournament games. A lot of teams still haven't played. You know, when you play these um, non-conference games, the majority of them are against mid-major teams. And they're just not as fun, they're not as competitive as, you know, conference play gets with the rivalries and all that stuff going on. So to me, this season hasn't started fully yet. It's kind of like the NBA it hasn't. NBA, I always say, it's got to be after Christmas before you really take stuff seriously, and even after the All-Star break. But in college basketball, you can't really take this stuff seriously yet because it's still too too early in the season, and there's a lot of parity, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing uh, to have. But I guess the star players people are complaining about. There's not as many stars right now uh, with all these guys getting hurt. And then, of course, Weissman's not even going to play at all. So it's a lot of people are calling it a disappointment personally. Oh, and then another thing, too, I was going to say is the NFL in college football at this time of year – overshadow college basketball. So it's not like even if all those guys were playing, I don't think college basketball would be a little like that, you know, as a number one sport to watch on TV. It's still NFL. It's still college basketball. We got bowl season coming up. We got playoffs coming up. So this isn't necessarily college basketball's right time to get into people's awareness, especially with college football, because uh, I don't think – I think college basketball viewers and college football viewers overlap a lot. I think that's a big audience base, and right now everybody's focus going to be focused on the bowl games. You got the national championship coming up in January, but after that, I think this college basketball season, as far as like viewership on TV and all that stuff and the excitement for it, I think it's all going to build up after college football ends. But and we'll, it's to be determined, I think, on this season, but. No, I'm not ready to call it disappointment yet. It's not like, you know, I'm not super excited for this season. But it's, to me, it is being a little bit, I think, dramatized that it's going to be a disappointment. I don't know how familiar you guys are, how much college basketball you've watched, or, this, or you guys have any opinions on the whole Weisman situation. But what do you guys think with college basketball right now?
2: I mean, you know, one thing that's made the season, at least a disappointment so far for us is that, you know, Tennessee and North Carolina are both not doing good. So I know we had high hopes there. But um, I mean, in my opinion, I'd have to say, I think when it comes down to is the season going to be a disappointment? Obviously, if you know all the like bad losses and stuff, Zach, you need to, you know, original power adapter
0: um but um please, please donate guys please donate. to so <laughs> get a uh an original hp so, yeah. power adapter. yeah that needs cool. a
1: legit hp
3: adapter <laughs> <little> <laughs> obviously...
0: let me uh let me unplug it and plug it back in um but um and yeah but so
2: i mean like you know if these losses you know bad losses keep happening or if teams that are expecting to do good aren't doing well, like if North Carolina and Tennessee and Michigan State all keep on the downtrend, and even if, like, you know, Kansas or Duke all of a sudden starts doing really bad, then it's, I will say, what I think is going to happen is I do agree somewhat that I think the regular season might end up being a disappointment. But with all these upsets and everything that has been happening, I think it's going to make for a really exciting March Madness. It's going to make, you know, we're not going to know what's going to happen in March Madness if we get to March and, you know, we're still getting these upsets and everything that's going on. So while the regular season could turn out to be, like Zach said, it's still very early. So, you know, and again, conference play hasn't started yet. So we don't really know who the top teams are yet. But, um, you know, I think it's good. I do think the regular season could end up being a disappointment but if that's the case it usually ends up making for a really exciting march and like zach said it feels like anybody can win and it's one thing i've always liked about college basketball is that you know everybody has a chance to actually win unfortunately that's not the same case in college football but when it comes to the national championship but in college basketball everybody has a chance to win the national championship even umbc when they beat Virginia, had a chance to be yeah. had a chance to win the national championship. I mean, who's ever heard of them? If you're if you live outside of Maryland, so, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. I mean, and the Wiseman thing is, and all these players not playing. I mean, honestly, in some cases, I know the Wiseman thing is a bit of a special case, but there are some of these cases like with Lamelo Ball, like you know,
0: you know, La- LaVar's I can't keep track of their names. LeVar is the same. I, I don't mean, is it LiAngelo? <laughs> I know it's one of the, ball. I know it's not yeah. Lonzo. It's either LiAngelo or LaMelo, but I yeah. can't. I, always, I, I mean, they're both having Levar. their issues,
2: but
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, like
2: Lavar <laughs> is trying to keep them like away from the NCAA and it's just like, you know, does the NCAA really need all that drama and everything going on? I mean, we're already having to hear enough from LeVar Ball when it comes to the NBA with Lonzo. I mean, thankfully we haven't heard too much from him so far this year. But, um, you know, the season is still young, so it's not too late to hear from LeVar Ball. But, I mean, does the NCAA really need that? So, honestly, I think it's better that, like, LaMelo or LiAngelo or whoever it is who isn't playing right now. It's probably better that they're not playing in the NCAA right now. And, again, like, the Wiseman case is a very unique case, so that's a bit different. But um, we'll just have to see. I mean, again, like
1: Zach said, it's very early, so anything can still happen. Yeah, I don't have too much to add. I haven't watched a lot of college basketball, but Tennessee you need to play better, man. Like on, <laughs> a, North Carolina I, needs to play better. Are you hitting me? <laughs> hitting 25% from the field like against Memphis, like come on guys, like I believe There's some questionable calls in that Memphis game. But there, yeah, we, there were, but but yeah. You don't deserve to win if you're hitting under 20 no they were 30 percent from the floor like we, we didn't deserve to win that game so no. i they stuff it up man but and as for connor's comment about it being a more exciting march while i will agree with that i also don't like it though because that's gonna make my bracket probably suck even more than the <laughs> <usually> does <laughs> <laughs> i yeah, will well, okay all,
2: all you have to do yeah. is pick the champion because whoever picks the freaking champion is the one who always wins so yes.
1: Well, that's, that's true. That's true. Because I mean, well, that's I... how
2: I that's how I won that one year. I mean, because I I had like the least correct picks out of anybody, but I was the only one who picked UNC to win the whole thing, and that, so that's how I won. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. I... That's true.
0: I will say, guys, like I'm not in. Uh, we didn't even talk about this in the beginning, but I've, the Clutch Crew Sports Fantasy Football Championship is going to be this week between Connor or not Connor uh, Eric and me. <laughs> I wish it was me. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's going to be fun
1: but i i will admit i don't have full confidence in my team i don't have a very good group of wide receivers on my team so yeah um my running backs are like loaded i'm stacked at running back but and i've got lamar jackson so i you know with those guys i have a chance but i have amari cooper and then <coughs> garbage at wide receiver so mm-hmm.
2: we also have to remember up, nate, has, nate has christian mccaffrey too so
1: yeah whoever the panthers are playing this week i'm gonna need them to at least try to the colts, the colts. Yeah. Oh, god <laughs> they're out of the
0: playoffs anyway so don't you don't gotta worry about that but, i mean, they uh, just have a
2: decent defense i mean darius leonard's a tackle machine
1: yeah, Darius Leonard let's get see. all over Christian, Tack, tackles <laughs> for loss, fumbles. Let's go. <laughs> but anyway, I know uh, Connor's gonna just made
0: uh, just made enemies with Jackson. Uh, Look, Jack, Aaron, Jackson.
2: It's just,
1: Jackson is just for one week. That, that's
2: all. Then I mean the Pan- I mean to be fair, Jackson, the Panthers are already out of the playoffs. So does it really matter at this point? <laughs> yeah, just he Aaron, Aaron,
0: remember this.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know, man. But back to my original point on all this is I was gonna say the the Eric about the March Madness thing. Out of everything, out of all the predicting and everything, I always seem to do pretty good with the bracket. Uh, in do, our family, man. it's
1: like you get that's, like first or second like every year. I'm like, yeah, oh,
0: that's dude. that's that's my specialty, you guys. So I'm excited for when that comes around. <laughs>
1: who, who, who won this past this year? Like, you, you, um, I think. Zach, I think you did, but I don't. That's bad. I don't remember. But
0: <laughs> I you know was, I, I know I. If I didn't win, I got second.
1: Yeah, and I know you all, were all in it. You happens.
2: were in it at the end. I can't remember yeah, who won that. though, because I know it was like. I'm thinking back to because didn't you win it like twice in a row between 2015 and 2016 like you won it twice
0: yeah I, and then, and I, then I, I won it a couple times yeah, I can't, and, yeah. I, and
2: then i won in 2017 and then aunt barbara won in 2018 yeah mm-hmm. i just can't Susan remember won who it, won, Susan last year. won the
1: very first year we did it i remember right that was that, that, yeah having, that,
2: that was a crazy year i
1: remember that, that, that duke in wisconsin whatever year that was yeah but, yeah. yeah i uh I always like do really good up until about Sweet 16, and I'm like, all right, let's go. And then like in the run of Sweet 16, like all of my Final Four teams lose. I'm like, that good. <laughs> like
3: <laughs>
1: gosh, I, I might, there might be a rant about that in the future, uh, depending on how that bracket goes. But <laughs> anyway, I know Connor's probably ready for his yeah topic yeah. Topic, yeah. Let's let's get this whole main topic here.
2: Yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> I'm going to keep this kind of... So I was going to talk about the NFL Hall of Fame, um, because obviously the NFL just announced their centennial finalists, and then in about 12 days from now, I want to say, or no, 13, because December's got 31 days, they're going to announce the 15 finalists. They've already announced the semifinalists, but the 15 finalists were the modern era nominees. And so basically the NFL every year... They have this thing where you know they'll take five modern era nominees and they'll take um, usually like one senior and one contributor, maybe like two contributors if there's another one, but that's about it. They usually only nominate like one senior, so that way there's not the possibility that they're going to bring in five at a time. But the NFL decided this year they're going to do something special with at least with the centennial, so they're still only going to take the five modern era nominees, but they're going to actually take 10 senior nominees and they're going to take two uh, coaches and two and three contributors. So, and it just brought me back to, cause when I was in Ohio, when I was actually going to the NFL hall of fame, I was actually listening to something on the NFL radio. Cause they were talking about, this was kind of, this was a couple weeks before the hall of fame game. It's too bad. I wish I could have gone there to see that, but um, you know they were talking about the selection process and then they were talking about like, you know, guys who miss out on the Hall of Fame, you know, why we have these senior nominees, because it's people that, you know, have been eligible for so long and just haven't been able to get in. So we were just like, oh okay, we'll go ahead and put them in. Like, you know, and some of them are deserving. I know a couple of years ago Ken Stabler was a senior nominee and I was seeing stuff like, man, how did he not get in the Hall of Fame? Like he was a really good quarterback for the Raiders and he won a Super Bowl. So, um, but then they were also talking about some of these senior nominees. It's like, well, like, do these guys really need to be in, though? And I was, that's why I started to come to my mind about, you know, this year when they're taking 10 of these senior nominees, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, okay, but how many of these guys actually deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Like, Roger Craig definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but Roger Craig for sure, and then, like, um I'm going out of like, I think Donnie Schell, I'm not saying that just because he's a Steelers' player, but I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Max Speedy used to play for the Cleveland Browns. but other than those three, I'm like going up and down this list and I'm like, I just don't know how many of these guys, when I'm looking at some of the modern era nominees too from this year, do these guys really deserve to be in over some of these modern era nominees because this year, this is a stacked year for the Hall of Fame, in my mind. I mean, there's a lot of these guys that are the semifinalists that I think could and should go in. I mean, Steve Atwater has been left out on so many different occasions, and I think it's because the Hall of Fame doesn't like safeties. But, you know, he's – I mean, it says here he's been a semifinalist nine times. So, I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Tony Baselli should be in the Hall of Fame. Isaac Bruce, Alan Fanica, Tory Holt, Edrin James – Uh, You know, Troy Polamalu, Fred Taylor probably should be in the Hall of Fame, Zach Thomas, Mm -hmm. Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, all these guys that should be in the Hall of Fame, but only five of them are actually going to get in, and you're going to put five of these guys in, and you're going to put in ten senior nominees, which half of which probably don't even deserve to be in, to be quite honest. Because I'm looking at the, you know, I like the idea of taking, like, maybe one or two more contributors or one or two more coaches. Because that's kind of nice. I mean, in the coaches category, I think it's pretty consensus that it's going to be Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson, which they both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And then, like, the contributors, you know, I think they're talking about, like, Art Modell and um, <clears throat> some of these other owners that did a lot for some of these teams that should be in the Hall of Fame. Or Bud Adams. <laughs> who had a long time owner of the Houston Oilers and slash Tennessee Titans. Um, so, but with the, so it brings me back to about, should they revamp the hall of fame selection process? You know, should there be years where instead of having it set at five people every year, should there be years where they let more people in or maybe less people in depending on if they don't think enough people are worthy because this year, Like I mentioned off all their names, I could see at least seven or eight or maybe even nine of these people that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, we're going to get to it. I know Zach and Eric have been wanting Tony Basile to get in the Hall of Fame for quite a while now. And every year they keep going with with somebody else. But, you know, you can make arguments here or there. But, you know, at the end of the day, all the arguments for those people that got in, they all should be in the Hall of Fame. But since we're limited by five people, you can't let them all in. So, it's it's something that I think the committee needs to look at. Is that should we start having times when we can allow more than five people in? Because you know some of these people deserve to be in and they're not in, and you know we're just going to keep getting more and more. And is it really necessary to be bringing in some of these senior nominees who maybe don't deserve to be in? So there's that process of it, and then. I wanted to take a look at some of the political aspects that I think go into going to the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to use Terrell Owens as my example for this because, you know, Terrell Owens, it took him three attempts to get into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, for a guy who is. <laughs> second i think he's isn't he second all-time on receiving yards behind uh jimmy smith I think, or jimmy I think smith fitz, jerry rice um <laughs> i think
0: it's fitzgerald is second now but maybe right. at the time second. yeah
2: fitz is uh, yeah and, but to is he's you know second now and, and randy top, moss yeah. is third or well, fourth i should say and randy moss got in on his first try so you look at to and randy moss and so, you know, there's an argument between the two, like who is better between Tio and Randy Moss. I'd argue that Randy Moss is probably better, but, you know, T.O. is definitely right there. And he played for a long time and put up big numbers and was a key part other than, you know, sitting out in his driveway and working out when he got sent home by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, <laughs> but so he was, you know, a game changing player. And it took him three attempts to get in. And everybody knows why it took him three attempts. Because they, the Hall of Fame committee didn't want to let T.O. in because, oh, well, you know, he caused so many antics and he was a locker room cancer and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, when you're looking at that, it's like, well, do we have to really look at exactly how good of a person they are, so to speak? I mean... I'm not going to name a whole lot of names, but, I mean, in other sports, there's people in the Hall of Fame that weren't very nice people. I mean, I've heard (laughs) stuff about some of the people in, you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame that I don't remember if it was Babe Ruth they were talking about. I think it might have been Babe Ruth they were talking about. You know, obviously Babe Ruth, terrific baseball player, but not a very nice person. And, like, same with T.O. You know, he's a great football player, but maybe not the best person in the world. I mean, Randy Moss had his disgusting act, in the game so you know why <laughs> you know if you're not going to let T.O. in the game why are you going to let in someone who had a disgusting act according to Joe Buck but
1: um that should have never aired on television in this
0: game. <laughs> he apologized um, <laughs> did he apologize <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Randy Moss apologized not
2: Joe Buck um but, well, no, no.
0: Buck, Buck was like uh, I'm sorry you had to see that to the people oh, you know, that was what oh. he said like
2: um but yeah so and i mean and then obviously terrell owens handled it all the wrong way too because after they did let him in after the third time he didn't attend the ceremony because he was all mad and you know whatever but should i feel like when you're looking at hall of fame nominees you can't be looking at what kind of a person or what kind of a player they were you know it's semi-important you know if they were Maybe to some extent is semi-important what kind of a person they were, but or what kind of a teammate they were. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at the Hall of Fame, you know when you put up big numbers like that, when you put up when you're just great at the game of football, you're looking at greatness in the game of football. I feel like you have to take those stats into account a lot more than when you're, you know, looking at what kind of a person they are or what kind of, or if they had like any big impact, because I can't say stats 100% because Joe Namath is in the hall of fame and he has horrible career stats. I think he's like got the worst stats of any quarterback in the hall of fame, but you know what he did for football was so meaningful. You know, he was a big reason behind why the AFL NFL merger happened and, you know, bringing football into more of a wide mainstream audience. So that's important but you know you can't ignore these guys that are putting up you know TO almost 16,000 career receiving yards you know at the time it was only second to Jerry Rice that's really impressive and really worthy of a hall of fame nominee but you know they didn't want to put them in beca- put him in because of the politics around it it's kind of the same in the rock and roll hall of fame if i'm using that as an example as to why it took kiss forever to get into the hall of fame and the only reason why they did get in the Hall of Fame is because in 2014, the committee was like, okay, we're going to introduce this fan vote, and whoever wins the fan vote gets an auto-bid into the Rock Hall, which Kiss like, won the fan vote by a mile, because everybody knew they should have been in already, and they finally put them in because of a fan vote. Not because the committee wanted them, but because of a fan vote, because the fans understood that, yes, they should be in the Hall of Fame. And I feel like the fans, if they had a chance, you know, and had a choice, they would have voted to put Tio in the Hall of Fame, just based on his stats and what he did. So uh, it's it's kind of a you know bad look when you've got a, also such a small member. You know, you get forty eight people. I think is the official size of the committee. You know, yet you these people deciding who should go in the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't, and not the fans. I mean, I get the fans could have some kind of bias, and there needs to be some sort of oversight, at least. But why not put it more into the hands of the fans? Like, I know people have been complaining about the Oscar nominations, too, recently. You know, they're not nominating African-American actors and all this stuff. So, and ultimately, isn't it, you know, the job of the fans and the people who watch the game of football and watch the movies and listen to the music... You know, shouldn't it ultimately be up to them rather than these 48 people sitting in a room, you know, whoever knows who they are or with the college football playoff, you know, like these yeah. 15 people on this committee that are choosing who go determining who's most worthy of going to the college football playoff. It just seems it doesn't seem right to me. Maybe the college football playoff is a little bit different since that's happening in the current time. But at least with the Hall of Fame, it seems to me the fans should have a bigger say in what happens. So that's my thoughts on the matter. I don't know what you guys... I'll let you guys
0: respond and what you think about yeah, it. This is a really interesting topic. Uh, I'll, I'll start first. Uh, as far as the fans voting, I mean, I, I'm against the fans having an impact only because... The, with the way that the fans vote for the Pro Bowl, I mean, my God. They, I mean, like, that's so well, That's bad. why I was saying there, there needs yeah. to be
2: some kind of oversight. Like, not just yeah. the fans as a whole, but some kind of, like, okay, no, you, you can't yeah. be voting, like, Tim Tebow into the Hall of Fame because yeah, he's super popular. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs>
0: yeah. There's got to be a predetermined ballot. But, like, still, I I think for the Hall of Fame, and I'm not sure, I'm obviously not all of these guys get a chance if there's only 48, but the... I think really the current Hall of Fame members should have say in who goes to the Hall of Fame. I think if you gave everybody in the Hall of Fame a vote, like I think that since they, you know, have already been in the Hall of Fame, like I feel like those people know the game the best, even better than those forty eight. I think some of the forty eight are probably like media people and oh
2: yeah. Most of them never played a down of football. Yeah,
0: most of them have never played football. So I think I think if you do that, then you can get guys that, and this is important because I don't think stats are the whole story uh, when it comes to players' careers and everything. So if you get a guy that might not have as impressive stats as another guy, but the players that played in that era voted for him. I mean, I guess that's another thing you could do. You could do as well as you could like separate eras and have right. guys vote on guys who else from their era should get in and i i agree with the five people thing there should never be a quota on how many or how few get in it it shouldn't be that way it should be a percentage-based vote you should have some sort of criteria that you need to get x amount of votes but um but yeah i i think the the best way to do it would be to have like a eras certain eras of former players in the hall of fame vote in And as far as this year goes, I don't know why they don't want to have more modern people. They're throwing out all these extra spots. Like that seems kind of stupid to not to have every other category of the Hall of Fame get an increase in numbers, but not the modern players. I don't know. I don't know if that makes too much sense, especially when you look at the like Connor was mentioning. I don't know all those uh, uh, older guys. You know how their careers went and everything, but like I'm just gonna trust Connor that they're not deserving or as deserving as who's gonna get left out of the modern vote. So yeah, I I agree with that. Um, but I I don't the, when you bring in fans to voting in this stuff, I tend to get a little worried. But I'll, I wonder what Eric's got to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have too much to add to this, but I'm definitely gonna. Agree with Zach on the fan voting. I guess if fans were going to get a vote, I would want it to be something where, say, like, maybe their vote would count as like 20% of the vote or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like obviously, you know, as Connor said, you know, you wouldn't want to put it completely in control of the fans. But, you know, if you did something where the fans get like 10 or 20% of the vote with like a preset you know ballot then that would in a way give the fans a little bit of a voice but not where they're dictating the whole thing
3: mm-hmm.
1: but because i would kind of like to get the vote i mean obviously like zach and i would vote tony Paselli and i mean
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know uh, we are you know but
0: that would but eric, but eric but yeah. eric that wouldn't matter because the jaguars fan base as a whole is never going to compare to the other fan franchises so that's what i'm well, saying yeah. it's get
1: dangerous well, yeah. Well, that's why I'm yeah. saying it should only be like 10% of the vote or something. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't you know, obviously it wouldn't be like 100 you know, 100% or you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, then Tony Baselli would never get in because, you know, teams from the bigger markets that have way more fans would get more. But I also think... it's an offensive lineman around, too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, true. Yeah, he's not a popular position, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's something... I hadn't even really thought about this until Connor mentioned that he was going to talk about this. So I didn't have, you know, I haven't really thought about it too much, but you know, now that Connor brings it up, like it's definitely a fascinating topic and I don't, I haven't seen the list of the older names so I probably wouldn't know too many of them, but you know, I'm going to kind of also piggyback off of that. Maybe they're not deserving, but even if they really are like, I like what Zach said too, though. Like, why are you increasing everything else but you're not increasing the number of modern era players to get in you know like if you're going to increase all that other stuff you should increase that as well that would that would make a little more sense and then that would you know give some of these guys like tony vaselli or steve atwater who have been semi-finalists a bunch of times like then that would actually give them a chance to get in like they deserve you know whereas like oh well you know, sorry, you were seventh best in the voting this year, so you're not getting in, or you're sixth best, but you're not getting in, you know, every year. Like, you know, this could be their opportunity to finally get in, but now they're going to stick with five and it'd be the same. So I'm a little disappointed in that because it hurts the smaller market teams. Like, Like, it could be forever before Jacksonville gets somebody in. I mean, obviously, we haven't been very good most of the time we've had a team, so... You know, for the most part, we haven't had that many players that, you know, deserve to be considered to get in. But, I mean, there's a lot of people out there, like, especially, like, former pro football players that would probably be willing to argue that Tony Pacelli is one of the best left tackles of all time. I mean, all the reason why oh, yeah. he probably wouldn't be considered that is just because he didn't have the longevity of some of the others, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, people when when they ask people that went up against
2: him, like Zach was saying mm -hmm. who went up against him, they're saying like he was like impossible
1: to get around. He was one of the best blockers in the league. I mean, if you if if you're like if you're like, a you know, middle school or high school kid or something or you're starting to play football and like and you want to be a left tackle, like watch Tony Baselli's game in the 1996 playoff against the Buffalo Bills when he just obliterated Bruce Smith. Who's one of the greatest defensive ends of all time. Like Tony Vaselli is definitely deserving, but I fear that he will never get in. But, um but this was another interesting topic. Connor always finds a way to like bring out these yeah. topics. That I, uh... I have, like, never thought about like when we ended our episode I agree. together, like with the, you know, college football playoff expansion, which that I, you know, maybe would have thought about, but the way he presented it was really good. And then the topic of like, You know, moving the, you know, mid-major teams up to the power five if they're doing really good and moving some of the power five teams down if they're doing really bad and like, you know, rotating it depending on performance like that. While I don't think it'll ever happen, like that is something that I think would be really interesting, but. So Connor has this like knack to find these like interesting topics that I wouldn't have thought yeah. anything about, and then he's like oh, <laughs> well, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, yeah. You know, my obviously my topic was an obvious choice based on how I feel about. <laughs> golfing, well, you but, yeah. you you got to talk. I mean, that's the big story. Yeah, and I, mean, also I Jaguars like, related. Even so <laughs> the, the, even if he was the VP of a different team, I mean, that was a huge topic. I probably would have oh, I would have yeah. ranted about it, but I would have talked about it more of the same, but. It just happened. It just so happened to be the Jaguars. So, <laughs> yeah, it just happened to be my team this time.
3: But
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, good, good, uh, good topics, guys, for sure. I, I've i enjoyed being a part of another, even I know it's late, we're all tired. We've probably all rambled a lot. But <laughs> if you say hey, that's what the-
0: happens when you're running on like 20 on hours hand. of sleep. Yeah. You know, like you just get the, the raw, pure, you know, us, yeah, but, but yeah, this is like.
1: <laughs> unfiltered whatever yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: so i yeah yeah, this is this is a great episode guys um we will i don't know exactly when our next episode will be released we're going to talk about that in a couple days but there will be one coming out sometime next week guys and hopefully you enjoy this this content i thought it was pretty fun discussion and uh and if you ever have any suggestions for these topics episode, we will definitely take them. We've taken them in the past. We'll be sure to take them again. So let us know. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Take care and have a great rest of your night. Bye. Hey.